0: Hour one in the books of Wildcat Insider. If you want to catch up on what Wine and I have already talked about, which was a lot of K-State men's basketball, you can check out the on-demand tab at NewsRadioKman.com. We'll be up after the show, as, of course, the numbers are through the roof. So be a part, part of the fun we have here on K-Man with the game and, of course, Wildcat Insider on Mondays. This is the final Wildcat Insider of the year. Now, this the first one of the new year is going to be from Houston, as if, you know, the bowl game does still happen, and fingers crossed it does. Uh, the, the details on that still being worked out, but I'm hoping to get some uh, pretty cool things worked out when it comes to the, the bowl game and maybe a little something with the pep rally, and, but it's all being worked out, so we're trying to figure something out, and, uh, but that's next week. But we will talk uh, bowl game here in just a moment, but first I want to ask, I haven't even asked, Christmas, You got, I'll get, bring Troy in here as well. Good Christmas, get what you wanted from Santa?
1: Yeah, I, I never judge it by that necessarily. Oh, I but do. If I don't get a pocket full of cash when I'm walking out of Grandpa's house. Is that right? It's a, it's a, At least I got a full it's belt. a non-success, huh? No. Nah. No. I got a little cash. That's good. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, you know what? The, the truth is, is, ours was a little bit strange. Uh, we were, I was mentioning this to you when I first saw you today before we went on the air that, you know, because of. Sickness, not not COVID, but mm-hmm. some sickness. Not everybody could could colds. get together, colds yeah. and that kind of stuff. But but it happens. But overall, it was good, you know. And, and as I mentioned last hour, had a couple of days off where I hadn't had to go into the office at all. That's a, a rarity this time of year. So back in there today, but um, yeah, it was fun having a couple of days. And um, it, I just wish everybody could have got together. But hey. You got to do what you got to do, mm-hmm. Troy.
0: We did pretty well. We were able to get everybody together Good. at uh, two locations, and so that panned out really well. Uh, actually, wound up with uh, the person who had my name uh, in my uh, in-laws' family, pharmacology instructor over at KU, actually gave me a K-State bullshirt.
1: shirt. Really?
0: So you know the that the question was whether or not his card got declined for suspicious <laughs> activity, but. I did wind up with with my bull shirt already. Whether or not the game gets played is a whole nother question. But no, had a had a great time over Good. the last couple of days.
1: And so you did you get any K State gear or no? You gonna wait till get to the bull or what? I did not. I um, was kind of hoping
0: you know K State would throw a little something my way. You know, a little, little polo or something for those listening. I wear medium, uh, but uh, hmm. I, I like bull logos. I think they look great on polos. I have two of them. Sure, you know, I'd love a third. Uh, I no, not really I don't so my mom every year she's like gotta give me a list of what you want well you know I've kind of figured it out if I don't really share that list they'll just you know kick some gift cards my way or something or you know but I try to get her a few things and we did have something actually it was back on the 18th is when we actually all got together but had a little dinner at my grandpa's house on on Christmas day my mom wasn't able to make it because she was sick everybody else was all right though and had a nice little time. I have an aunt that also has a birthday on the 25th. Okay, So it's kind of like a Christmas slash birthday yeah. get-together.
1: My mother's birthday was the 24th. I, I can relate to that because we always tried as a family really hard to separate the two, and it's so hard to do, Yeah, <laughs> especially when she's doing all the work, right? I mean, and that's kind of how it was, right or wrong. I was, and, and my son's birthday was the 17th, and he, I remember when he was really young, he said, how how come my birthday has to be so close to Christmas? <laughs> Your dad's a bad planner. I I can't
0: imagine yeah. You only get one present for both uh, for both occasions. Yeah. As an adult, I'm like with my aunt, like, hey, this may be two different days, but hey, I got one hangover, so let's 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 figure this out. No, that that maybe that's that inappropriate. I don't know.
1: <laughs> I do have one surprise that I want to. Uh, I I'm not going to tell you what she got me. Okay, but. My gift from my wife, I could have guessed a thousand things and not gotten what she got me. And after all that, we're not going to find out what it was. Well, I may tell you next week if she's okay with it. Oh, okay. Yeah, but I don't want to just throw it out there because, I mean, it was a gift. It's something that I needed, something that I probably, in all honesty, wanted, but I would have never guessed in a thousand guesses that that's what I was going to get. That's nuts. That's a pretty that's solid all, surprise. Well,
0: this one like, makes it great, right? Sure. If you, partly, if it just completely surprised you like that, yeah, yeah. Usually, I can guess. I, my girlfriend and I, we play a lot of games, like with her kids, like board games and stuff like that. So she just hooked me up with a couple of those games, so we can all play together. There you, know? you go. It's, I think Definitely. that's a pretty solid gift. If, sure. If it includes everybody else. <laughs> Um, let's let's get to, hopefully, what is coming in a few days and a week and a day, and that's a bowl victory. That would be a great gift. I'd take that against the LSU Tigers. Uh, and fingers crossed it still happens, which, by the way, I do want to remind everybody coming up here in about 10 minutes, we will have Gene Taylor, State Athletic Director here on Wildcat Insider. But so when it comes to LSU, we did have a couple of developments last week. Uh, first of all, when it comes to K-State, mm-hmm. fingers crossed, Skyler Thompson should be able to play. Here's Coach Kleiman. We
2: hope he doesn't have any setbacks, and if he doesn't, then uh, in all likelihood he'll play, uh, and uh, we're excited about that. And we still have uh, a couple of weeks away, so I, I don't want to, you know, in case we have a setback or anything, but right now he's trending in the right direction. So to me,
0: that's the ultimate game changer. Sure. If Skyler Thompson plays, and I'm sure many won't argue that statement, I'm sure a lot of people feel the same way, Skylar Thompson playing is huge. And the big reason I want this whole game to even happen in the first place I just want Skyler to go out on a with a bang, you know, go out, play in the game, win the bowl game, beat an SEC team. I think that'd be a great way for Skyler to go out.
1: Well, it certainly would be a great way for him to go out, no doubt about that. But but I think that's also true for all of those other super seniors and, and for sure. those other guys that, that uh, you know, may decide that they are not going to come back for a, quote, super senior season. Um, yeah, this this is an opportunity for sure, because I think K-State's really excited about the 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 matchup. I I don't know. I I don't really have a sense or feel yet on, you know, what LSU is like just because they're, well, one, they've been pretty quiet (laughs) and maybe on purpose. Uh, I did watch on their website, the um, press conference from their interim head coach. And this, this was like two weeks ago. And he didn't say a whole lot. Happy to be there. Just started practice. Not much more than that in 17 minutes, almost 18 minutes of talking. So they were pretty quiet.
0: Don't blame them. But I will say LSU has been a little bit vocal lately. I um, mean, that's because the guy, I, you know, it does, I suppose, mean more if LSU is at full strength and all that. And then they have everybody ready to go. It's a, a true matchup. Sure. But we know this day and age, guys are going to opt out. Either they're going to be transferring – or they're opting out because they're going to the NFL draft. That's just where we are these days. Damon Clark, linebacker, he's a leading tackler, 135 tackles this year. 15 and a half of those are for a loss. And he's got five and a half sacks. He was the big guy I was worried about. Oh, yeah. He has announced that he is opting out of the bowl game to go into the NFL draft. And that's not a shocker to me. Because if you look at Mel Kuyper's big board at linebacker, he's the fifth highest linebacker to go in the draft.
1: Yeah, that says a lot. Second team Walter Camp All American, first team All SEC. We can sit here and talk about him for a while, but yeah, j- just suffice it to say he's big, he's strong, he's fast, double digit tackling machine kind of a guy um, in a in a league where they're throwing now more than ever. Even though, you know, they still run the football in the SEC. There's no doubt about that. Really good, talented player, but he he'll, he'll not be the only one that's missing you know they've had some other guys that uh, uh, have opted out they've had some guys that have uh, I guess I would say gone into the transfer portal (laughs) Um, and who knows I mean here we are you know eight days away and still not sure whether their freshman quarterback Nussmeyer is going to get that waiver to play in a fifth game if he does great for them if he doesn't what we've been hearing is is either a receiver who played quarterback in high school for 3 years or a couple of walk-ons. So this is a unique unique scenario.
0: If the NCAA grants that waiver, they better have a big old mess on their hands. <laughs> because well, now you got everybody else
1: chiming in asking where's my waiver. Sure. It'll happen. It, you may not hear about it, but it's going to happen. It, it, I'm saying if they grant it, it, and why wouldn't they hear about it? Rules are rules. We all live by them yeah. for the most part, and this would be a little bit of a bending of the rule from my perspective. Uh, you know what I'm saying? I mean, it, that's a pretty good little bend in the stick. You know, we so had to
0: speak. as K Staters. A similar conversation with Will Howard in the Texas game. Uh You know, the question was brought up. Would he play in the game because he would have to burn the redshirt year, losing a year of eligibility by playing an extra game? That would have been his fifth game. Same thing for Nussmeyer. He's at the four-game threshold. Mm -hmm. If he plays against K-State, that's game number five. Year is burnt.
1: Well, and the question must be asked, since you brought it up, if they get the Nussmeyer waiver – why wouldn't K State try to get it for Will Howard under the same, basically the same be, circumstances? Just fair. a month
0: apart. It would be fair. Sure, it would. Absolutely, that's a great point to bring up. Yeah. When it, going back to the linebacker here, and Damon Clark, you know, their their second best tackler is also a linebacker. He's also a senior. I'm sure he got his his name on your chart already. And, and Micah Baskerville. Yeah, you like he, that? That don't guy's you? a stud. He <laughs> he really is. It, I think he's got a cool name as well. But uh, also, they LSU had another player go into uh, the opting out phase because he's also getting ready for the... Uh, I think he's a draft guy. And that's Neil Farrell. who is um, He's a defensive lineman who has 45 tackles, nine and a half tackles for loss, a couple of sacks, and that's in the 12 games. He has over 140 tackles in his career, 22 and a half tackles for loss. A guy that also has, uh, just like Damon Clark, a ton of experience, yep. an absolute stud, and he has also opted out for the NFL draft. So you're talking two of their top defensive players now not playing in this game.
1: And, and this is a team, when they started the year, many felt like they were as deep and as talented yeah. on their defensive front as anybody in the country. Anybody. Alabama, Clemson, whoever it might be. <clears throat> this is a significant blow to lose him, too. Um, doesn't mean the the cupboard is bare, however, and they you know, can shift around a little bit, and they have. I mean, if you look at their they're too deep going into the Texas A&M game. Uh, I, I can tell you as an example they they've got a couple of guys listed at tackle that can play and or tackle. Um and it's you know they they've had to move around a little bit. They'll, they'll don't feel too sorry for them. They're very gifted. They're very talented. Young now. Yes, but gifted. But but talented. But yeah, they <laughs> I said this last hour it's been a as difficult Uh, of a time for me preparing for this based on all of the movement of the uh, kind of equated to a checkerboard, all of the pieces moving, whether it's injuries, season ending injuries, transfer portal, opt-outs, just change based on the dude. They started 11, 11 different players on the offensive line this season alone. There are only five positions. That's crazy. It's a lot of experience. <laughs>
2: it's
1: a lot of moving. Guys have been in the
0: game. <laughs> not afraid to hit some dudes.
1: Yeah. That's, that, but they have mixed and matched that all season long and still had a 1,000-yard rusher. And through everything, the, the way they finished up, you know, th- they didn't play well early. And they had to win their last two games to be bowl eligible. And defensively, the last three games or so, they, they were really good. Made some changes. Became a lot more blitz happy and... Very aggressive. I, I think we'll see some of that in the bowl. The LSU quarterback, his name's – I'm blanking on his name, the one that just transferred.
0: The last game they beat Texas A&M and now he's going to – Max Johnson? Te- yeah. yeah. Now he's going to Texas A&M to
1: play with his brother. Yeah. His brother you – know. Yeah, and his brother's like a five-star tight end. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, and, and I wonder of course – they'll be roommates. Yeah, and of course Max's dad played in the league um, – brad johnson so they, yeah they they have really good football players there yeah LSU. things have totally
0: shifted when it comes to lsu of yeah. having a chance because the line has shifted now they yeah. k-state three and a half four and a half point favorite somewhere somewhere in there really yeah they, it was lsu by a point maybe maybe it was k-state by a point but it has moved a little bit now into k-state's favor with I wonder how much that last could, week could wiggle here in the last eight days because
1: i think it will do you? Well, and everybody
0: has. I think everybody's biggest concern right now is just the game being played because of the COVID variant. Oh, that's sure. Really going around right now. And you're seeing positive tests, you know, all over the place now in college athletics. You never know who's going to be dropping out of bowl games right. tomorrow or the next day, which the Big 12 gets ready to start playing bowl games this uh, week. Yeah, tomorrow. Yes. Two games tomorrow. Right. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, things are certainly going to get interesting here in this next week. Um, so keep an eye. Excuse me. Keep an eye on LSU, you know this week, and because I'm sure they're the ones going to be looking to get out of this thing. If you know, not K State. I'm sure K State wants to play this game. LSU is the one missing a bunch of guys now, and they don't want
1: to burn a register on their, you know, only scholarship quarterback. Yeah, yeah. That it will be interesting to see what happens. Um, I, I I am very hopeful that the game will be played, though. I I, I know this is important for the guys, and I, I just hope they get the chance
0: yeah me too because it's it's a different experience for sure when it comes to a bowl game it may not be as important for everybody else when it you know some people think it's just an exhibition it's a game that doesn't matter i mean it's a game that matters to these players I would
1: imagine it's a different experience and it, that's the greatest part of that I've said this for a lot of years experiencing all the bowl games that I have there are varying degrees of importance for teams I've learned over the years for some it's it's it, it, they take it exceptionally serious. For others, it is a little bit more of a reward, you know, and and kind of everything in between. I think it is a motivational thing. And how how bad do you want to win the game as opposed to just being happy to be there? There is a difference.
0: Well, it, it, to,
1: <laughs> to throw out another point,
0: it's also a different traveling experience. Usually these teams will travel to a road game, and then they're they're in, and then they're out. Yeah. You know, they play the game, they're out. You know, there's not much time. There's no time to go have fun or spend time with your family. Now when they go on these bowl trips, it usually the way it is is they get extra days to some extra time maybe see their families, sure, maybe go have some fun after the game. Now that the season's over, you get you get bowl gifts, you get to, you know, experience different things that you would never experience on just a regular regular season
1: road game. Well, the team is scheduled to leave on Thursday, which is the 30th, and of course they play on uh, January 4th, which is Tuesday, so you're took you're talking some some good time there. And, you know, there will be bull practice and those kind of things. But, <clears throat> excuse me, there will be lots of other events and, and what have you and, and time for family and that kind of stuff. And that's the other thing that makes it special. Uh, it, it, we all want to win the game. There's no doubt about that. Everybody does. But, uh, you know, that, that other stuff's important too.
0: Let's take a time out because coming up next, K-State Athletics Director Gene Taylor will join us on Wildcat Insider. Welcome back to Wildcat Insider, Mitch Fortner, the voice of the Cats, Wyatt Thompson, also Troy Coverdale's across the glass, now joined by the Athletic Director of K-State, that's Gene Taylor. First of all, Gene, how was your Christmas?
2: Good. How was you guys? Uh, pretty quiet, but a nice Christmas. How about everybody? How about all
1: you guys? Yeah, Mine was good, quiet as well. Yeah, I, I was just saying a while ago, we didn't get everybody together because of a few colds, but for the most part, it was great. and. I was not in the office for two days in a row for the first time in a while.
2: (laughs) Well, that's uh, unusual for you, but uh, that's good. Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah.
2: No, no, we had uh, just uh, my wife and I and uh, Jared and Casey, and we just had a really nice uh, couple of days together. Good deal.
0: The the common question is ask about Christmas, you know, what did you get that you really loved? Did you give a gift that you were, like, really excited to give somebody?
2: Yeah, I, I think I enjoyed that more. You know, doing those kind of things. You know, now, now sometimes when you have older children, and they kind of figure out what's coming, and as does your spouse. Usually, there's not a whole lot of surprises, but occasionally you get a chance to surprise them. But yeah, there's a couple that uh, I got, and then both of that gig too as well. So. Yeah, sometimes the surprise factor
0: isn't like it used to be when they (laughs) were (laughs) kids. That's the way it works. Speaking with uh, Gene Taylor here on Wildcat Insider, uh, well, to just kind of jump right into it, Gene, uh, the bowl game's still a a week and a day away, but we're we're seeing all over the place now teams having to bank out of bowl games because of a a spike of COVID-19 positives. So is there a concern right now about the Texas Bowl and that game being played possibly?
2: Well, not right now. No, obviously, uh, you know what we're hearing from the LSU folks is they're doing everything they can to keep as many, you know, everybody safe. They want to play the game as much as we do. Um, you know, both our our athletes and, and theirs are kind of on a little bit of break, and they'll start, you know, coming into Houston on the twenty ninth. Um, some will come in directly from their homes. Some will come in with a team plane. I think uh, LSU is playing the same thing, so long as they're you know staying healthy at home uh, we'll test them when they get there and you know hopefully everybody is is uh you know free of any sort of symptoms or, or a positive test and if they are you know then uh we'll we'll isolate them and and try to you know try to continue for we really want to play the game i know the athletes really want to play the game but you know, they practiced a lot before the christmas holiday and you know we're really we're really having fun so i think they're really looking forward to playing it so hopefully they can all come back healthy
1: Gene, it's always been said that a bowl game is kind of a reward for a successful season. Um, with that said, I know you've had an opportunity to to be around the college game for a long time. How much of that bowl experience is important for the young guys? Because it, I think a, a lot of things happen at a bowl site that a lot of people don't see. They may hear about gifts and that, but they're Lots and lots of activities and and things for them to do, and it, it is a pretty special time, honestly.
2: It really is. I, you know, I think it's a kind of a twofold deal. One, you know, it's a, a great way to send your you know your senior class out; those that are are going to you know finish their careers here in a real positive way. Um, you know, it's it's both a football game; that do work, but there's also fun involved. Whether it's you know some activities around the bowl game, and you know the folks that host the bowl are, are really excited to have whoever the teams are in this mm-hmm. case for us at the at the texas bowl you know us at lsu the, the folks that work those bowl games are really excited so you know they get treated really well and there's a lot of activities at the end of the day it's also a great opportunity for the younger players that they you know, don't get a lot of practice time uh they, they use this time to you know get them some you know reps uh, that they that's much needed and some evaluation and you know, so you know, some of these teams that have had a lot of opt outs. I was watching in Nevada, um, Western Michigan. They had a lot. So there's a lot of guys that were getting big time playing time. You know, for us, knock on wood, we haven't had a lot of, you know, opt opt outs. And so mm-hmm. hopefully, everybody will come back healthy. But you know, it's kind of twofold, really. But uh, yeah, it is a reward, and and it's a lot of fun for the for everybody, really.
0: What do you think it means to not just yourself, but the athletic department, to see the potential of Scholar Thompson? If everything goes well, that he should be able to play
2: in the game. It'd uh, be great, you know. Obviously, he's had such a great career. You know, overall, he's had a great career, but he's certainly had his ups and downs with injuries. And um, so, you want to be able to have him out there healthy and, and go out with uh, with a great game and. You know, put himself in a position. I think Skyler is a, a smart guy very well, I don't think. I know he's a very smart guy, a very talented guy that maybe has a chance to play uh, at the next level, you know at least make a team in some way, shape or form. So but, you know the biggest thing is keep him healthy, keep him upright, and give him a chance to you know to play and finish his career the way the way it should be.
1: Uh, go ahead.
2: Well, I was going
0: to ask when it comes to the college football playoffs since you're a committee member, are you going to be going to one of the games on New
2: Year's Eve? Uh, no, we don't go to the, the committee doesn't go to the, uh, two semifinals. We go to the final, you know, it's a little different than the basketball committee. The the basketball committee actually has to work. We don't have to work very hard, but, uh, you know, the basketball committee goes to each region and they have a role. We just, uh, we go to the championship game and we don't really have an active role. The the college football staff puts all those things on. So uh, so we'll be watching and closely watching the games. And again, same thing you you know they've got some protocol in place that if teams can't uh you know make the game which i hope doesn't happen because i think you have four really good teams that have a chance to you know to play some really good football so i'll certainly be watching them uh while we're in houston and then uh be going down to the national championship game in in indy uh after after the after a bowl game
1: gene what would you share with our audience about your experience of doing this because there are so few that get to do that i'm I'm sure the uniqueness of it. There's certainly some pressure with it. Everybody's watching, but it had to be a a big time chance for you to experience something like that, I would guess.
2: It it was tremendous. And, you know, I'm very fortunate I get to do it two more years. Uh, You know, the people in the room are really the one thing I tell people all the time is it's it's a group of individuals, 13 of us, that care a great deal about college football. Mm -hmm. Some of the people in the room have played at a. At a really high level, or coached at a really high level. I, I think I maybe mentioned to you guys before. I We sit next to the same person throughout the entire selection process, and I'm sitting next to Tyrone Willingham, who coaches Notre Dame and Stanford and Washington, and he's probably forgot more football than, you know, so when he talks about a team or, you know, compares some teams, you know, you kind of go, wow, okay, coach, I probably should have listened to what you're saying. But the biggest thing is they care about college football, and there's a I think there's a misperception or misconception that we go in there with our biases towards a particular conference or a team, and that's not the case. We literally go in there every week with a clean slate. We we talk about teams, um, about we're trying to find the best, ultimately the best four teams, but within that, the top 25 teams, and every week it's, you know, a lot of conversation. We have a lot of data, but at the end of the day, we all want to pick the best four teams, no matter what conference they're from, no matter who. The, what the color jerseys are, and and just the, the amount of knowledge in the room to be able to sit in that room and listen to the talk. It's really, really an enjoyable experience. And I'm glad I get to do it two more years.
0: Speaking with Gene Taylor, K State Athletic Director here on Wildcat Insider, switching directions to basketball with the conference play starting on Saturday for the men's teams. Um, it was announced by the Big 12 last week that going forward, if a team has fewer than Six scholarship players, instead of a game being ruled a forfeit for that team, it's ruled a no contest and just try to reschedule it later on. I was wondering if there's any more, like, further details into that. For instance, like, is there a timetable of when there's the latest point a team can let the Big 12 know that they can't play? Does anything like that ex- exist now?
2: Yeah, it's going to be similar to, you know, what we did last year. Um, and I think it, you know, I think it has to be. I don't, I think it has to be 24 hours. Um, I, I honestly don't remember, but they, they, there does have to be a sign off by a team doctor and the AD that it's not some sort of gamesmanship, that they're, they're actually not a, uh, enough players to play the game due to COVID. Um, you know, and, and obviously, if you've got a couple of guys out, all of a sudden you've got four guys out due to COVID and you're down to less than six, it would be kind of a combination, but, um, you know, certainly you, we try to get them notified before they leave for the game. So if you know we're playing on Saturday and and we we leave usually Friday, we would need to notify them before we get on a plane, or vice versa. If we're at home expecting somebody to come, we need to notify that team before they get on a plane and make their trip, you know, in, into into Manhattan. So uh, I think that's the only caveat, and then again, it has to be signed off on. The reason we, you know, switch because originally it was a forefoot, We were trying to encourage teams to get vaccinated, and now with the way this, you know, new variant is going through teams, we felt it was unfair um, because we so many teams are vaccinated, but yet people are still, you know, being infected. So we wanted to make sure. Now we don't have the makeup. Last year we had a kind of a dead week where we could make up some games. So it's going to be a challenge if we do have a lot of cancellations to make them up. But hopefully, you know, that's not going to be the case.
1: Gene, because of that, because of the variant growing and what have you, are there plans within the athletic directors around the league to maybe even have more talks, more contact like every couple of days or so on how things are going? Or you just play that by ear? How does that work? Because that's got to be that's got to be a tough deal
2: yeah, and no, right now, you know our last conversation was was before the christmas break. and and this is that's when we decided to you know move away from it being a forfeit um and and come up with the you know kind of a policy of you know the re- you know kind of reverting back away from that and just make it a no contest. Um, you know we still talk. Oh, we were talking every week there for a while. I don't know unless things go crazy. Uh, I imagine we'll just keep our ever, ever. I think it's every other week that we have calls. Um, right now, we'll see how we get through the you know the Christmas holiday and the New Year's. And if we if we start off and we have most of our games being played, we'll continue as as we normally do. If all of a sudden we get some cancellations, we may have to. You know, I know that they're also looking at you know how we're treating because the variant isn't as serious for these particularly vaccinated and younger, healthy folks.
1: Right.
2: You know, we have discussed less time in isolation, potentially, and the ability to, to test out if you're a vaccinated player and if you have no symptoms. So some of that's being talked about within the medical group. We haven't really, so we may get back together if if that were to change. So uh, yeah, there's just a lot of things the you know, virus can learn more about it and how they're treating, you know, vaccinated You know, asymptomatic folks, how they're being treated in terms of isolation and being able to test out like the NFL and the NBA are doing. We haven't changed that yet, but I think there are some conversations about that right now with the medical staff.
0: Gene, I just have one more question for you, and that is about uh, tying into what K-State men's basketball had to do with this game Wednesday. Morgan State, they're having some COVID issues, so they can't play. And then uh, the men's basketball team, they rescheduled with North Florida. With non-conference games, what is the process with that? Because I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of schedules you have to look at to figure out who
2: can play. Yeah, I mean, basically, they just called and said, we can't make it out. And, and so, obviously, we we went to work, or we, you know, the basketball coaches and the staff went to work finding, you know, a potential team. And fortunately, North Florida was available. I think they were kind of in the area uh, with some other non-conference games and agreed to come up and play us. And so, you know, the game, it's a it's a just basically a game cancellation. We don't we don't penalize the team that can't make it because it's a COVID related issue. And then we obviously use that guarantee money so to, to, that we were going to pay Morgan State to you know pay North Florida and get them to come in. So it's nothing really from a penalty perspective. Um, the, the good news is they let us know well enough in advance that we could get a team, and so that that was helpful.
0: All right. K-State Athletic Director Gene Taylor with us on Wildcat Insider. Gene, appreciate your time, and we'll see you down there in Houston for the bowl game.
2: Looking forward to it, guys. Appreciate it. Good catching up, and we'll we'll see you in Houston.
1: Thanks,
0: partner.
2: All right. Once again,
0: that's Gene Taylor here on Wildcat Insider. When we come back, let's take a look at the bowl games coming up in the Big 12 when we come back on Wildcat Insider. So how about this? (laughs) I was doing a little bit of uh, Googling here over the break. Everybody knows the song Sandstorm, right? You've probably heard it once or twice back in the day in Bramlage Coliseum. It's kind of a fan favorite, I hear. The guy that made Sandstorm, that song, even performs it. In other words, plays it on his computer. Uh huh. His name is Darude. I think his name, Darude. He will be, I'm going to air quote here, performing live in Houston on January 1st. For those K-State fans that are getting down to Houston early, New Year's Day, Darude is going to be performing Sandstorm Live in uh, somewhere in downtown Houston. Interesting. Who doesn't want to... Can you imagine a bunch of K-State fans live in attendance to hear the actual dude that made this song? Do you like this song? It's all right. Yeah. It gets me pumped up. Do I listen to it in the car? Not really.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I was pumped that uh, I should have asked Gene about this. Gosh darn it. It was played at the women's game against Oregon. When K-State had it locked up and then Sandstorm goes stuff. I was like, you know what? It's about time we got Sandstorm <laughs> for the women's games because they've pulled off some huge wins in the last just few years. <laughs> I thought Sandstorm would have been quite appropriate. But I'm glad they did it for the Oregon game. I was going to ask Gina, did you pull the trigger on that one? Is like, was it about time we got it for a, a midi game for Midi's Kitties? <laughs> all right, uh, let's see here. Big Twelve bowl games. We got six coming up here before the uh, the K State football team gets their bowl game. As of right now, all six of the Big Twelve bowl games are intact, and uh, the first one coming up is tomorrow evening at 5:45 on ESPN Liberty Bowl. <laughs> In Memphis, it's Mississippi State and Texas Tech. If you don't know, Mike Leach used to coach at Tech. Now he's coaching against his former team, and they still have a pending lawsuit, by the way. Mike Leach has sued Texas Tech for $2.5 million because he feel like he is still owed that money from after he was fired in 2009. So there's still some litigation going on, but they're going to play a bowl game. That's the most interesting part about that game.
1: I don't think there's any doubt about it. Yeah, Mike has been around the game a long time. In some ways, he's changed the game. I mean, he, he is a very unique individual, a very talented offensive mind. Um, they could use the word cheated on the uh, firing in 09. Uh, still has pretty strong feelings about it. Th- this will be an interesting game, though. I, You know, we, we all know that Tech fired their coach mm-hmm. early. Um they have a new coach, but he's not really coaching in this game. Um, I'm, I'm anxious to, to just kind of get a sense of how this one goes for Tech uh, because I think they're going to be – I foresee a little bit of change in them next year. I don't know if it's monumental change, but uh, it's been a weird year for them. And for them to go through all they've been through this year and still play in a bowl game, eh, it's pretty admirable. So, on Tuesday, tomorrow, we get
0: a double dose of Big 12 action. West Virginia and the Guaranteed Ray Bowl in Phoenix against Minnesota. That kicks off at nine fifteen on ESPN. If you're from the great state of West Virginia, that's a 10-15 local start time. So, you're going to stay up early if you're a Mountaineer on a, on a Tuesday. But, uh, I tell you what, you know, Kai Thomas, uh, Topeka high Trojan, K-State wanted him, but he picks Minnesota. He's their leading rusher yeah. with uh, 680 yards and five scores. Meanwhile, the Mountaineers, it's going me about the running game for Minnesota, the passing game for the Mountaineers and Jared DeGe. That's what really stands out to me.
1: Totally agree. Minnesota's 8-4, and four, pr- probably the favorite in the game. I haven't looked at that. Five points. Yeah, but, but I think they would be. I, I think this comes down to a couple of different things. One, West Virginia's defensive front and how they match up against Minnesota's offensive front. I don't know enough about Minnesota to know how that plays out. And then it's pretty obvious. This is an obvious statement, but it needs to be said. There are a lot of times that how West Virginia goes is dependent hugely on Jarrett Daigie. Would you agree with that? Yeah. I mean, he, yeah. he's got to play well for them to have a chance to win. For sure. And then you get to two games Wednesday – the first one up is the
0: Cheez It Bowl. Orlando, number nineteen, Clemson, and Iowa State. If you told these two teams the beginning of the year, "Hey guys, you're going to be meeting up in Florida, yeah, in December," they're probably thinking, "All right, college football playoff, let's go." No, that's <laughs> not the case. These are two top ten preseason teams that are meeting up. At uh, Clemson is nine and three. Iowa State seven and five. Uh, and no Brent Venables. For Clemson, I guess that's their story. Sure. Meanwhile, uh, Iowa State just trying to salvage what should have been, what they think is a, a fantastic 10-win, 11-win season. Now they're trying to win game number eight.
1: Well, this will be a very emotional game, I think, for Iowa State, and I'm anxious to watch it too. From, from that standpoint, they lose a huge and fantastic senior class. Yes, you can argue that at seven and five they underachieved this year. But keep in mind that group also was big twelve regular season champions a year ago. and And so many of those guys were back. Um, you know that they'll be motivated to try to go out on the right note. Whether they do or not is is the real story here in my mind. I I like the matchup. I think it'll be a good football game. We'll see how it plays out. Clemson is a one-point favorite there, just one point. I I thought that's interesting.
0: Then the second game Wednesday is the Alamo Bowl in San Antonio, and it's number fourteen Oregon, number sixteen Oklahoma. Other than K State, there's only one other Big Twelve favorite in the bowl uh, season, and that's Oklahoma by four and a half points, eight fifteen on ESPN. Again, this really comes down to like coaches. It's a different coaching story than it was. Earlier in the year, Mario Cristobal, no longer at Oregon, he's at Miami. And now you have a new head coach for Oklahoma, the previously mentioned Brent Venables. So that's really the big story there. But I don't know, Oregon was pretty banged up for their championship game against Utah. Uh, Oklahoma hasn't played since Bedlam. So it's kind of hard to tell where exactly the direction of that game. I would probably go ahead and just pick uh, Oklahoma to win that one.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. And yet there's just a little tiny speck that, for me personally, that remembers that Oregon went to Ohio State and won. Yeah. <laughs> and I you don't, I you don't think you do that if you have a quality football team. Now, again, they're a little bit different now, and they have had some injuries, and that, that makes, makes a, a difference here. But I think this will be a game where you'll see a lot of talent, a lot of speed. Uh, should be a pretty entertaining football game, I think. I think. Not totally convinced, but I think it will be. I mean, on paper and just the marquee,
0: it says pretty good ball game. Absolutely. It's going to draw some eyeballs, no doubt about that. Yeah. Two more Big 12 games, of course, other than K-State, and they're both on New Year's Day. New Year's Six Bulls uh Fiesta Bowl. Man, how's this in How's this a nooner? I don't get it. It's a uh, it's uh, Oklahoma State and Notre Dame. Notre Dame was the last team out of the uh, or the first team out, I should say, of the college football playoff at number five. Oklahoma State is number nine. They are the Big 12 runner up. But here's the big stat here, Wyatt. Did you know Notre Dame, they are uh, winless in the Festival against teams that use the OSU acronym? Didn't know that. They've lost their last three Festivals against an OSU team one against Oregon State, the other two against Ohio State. Well, no um, shame there. But Notre Dame is 0 7 all time in the BCS or New Year's Six Bulls.
1: That came up with that. <laughs> and tell him he needs something more to do in life, but but I, I have to be honest with you, of all of the bowl games aside from the playoff games, um, and and our game of course, I, I think I have as much interest in the Oklahoma State Notre Dame game because I think it's a good match. I, I think they're very similar teams, not right down to the letter. But there there are cer- certainly differences, but they're both you know real quality football teams and i just think that'll be a really good game. Well, it's going to be a I low do. scoring.
0: I think it could be, yes. Yeah, i mean 17 it could be 17-14, yes. you know, that's the, that yeah. could be
1: the final score and
0: goes either way. I don't
1: think this will be 38-35. No. I could see it 28-24, but it's more than likely 20 to 17 or something like like what you said there. You know, 17-14 whatever.
0: Notre Dame's early lost to Cincinnati. That was a low-scoring game. You uh-huh. know, it's just low-scoring throughout for these two teams. That's what they're known for—is defense. And then the final game, uh, Sugar Bowl, number seven Baylor, number six uh, Ole Miss. Ole Miss, a point and a half favorite. And uh, but I tell you what, probably can Ole Miss stop Baylor's running game? I'd, I'd probably break it down to that. Can Ole Miss, who has given up 200 yards on the ground multiple times this year,
1: can they stop Tristan Ebner and Abram Smith? That will be a major factor. You know what I said a moment ago with Oklahoma State and Notre Dame and liking the matchup? Ditto on this one. Different reasons, but but I like this matchup too because I think you have that Ole Miss passing attack. That kid can really sling it now. I don't know if you've seen Ole Miss very much. But. Not a ton. <laughs> but I, I they're, they go on offense, um, and I just think they're pretty darn good. And it won't be easy against that Baylor defense. Uh, I'm anxious to see how that goes. And now that it's been enough time, who's going to quarterback Baylor? Or will we see both guys? Good question. I'm anxious on that one, too. Because I don't
0: believe Gary Bohannon has been cleared yet. I yeah. haven't heard. I was looking back, because I remember earlier this year, I remember Arkansas and Ole Miss having a quite the thriller. 52-51 oh, yeah. game yes. where I guess Arkansas didn't get their two-point conversion. Uh, but, yeah, that was a good one. All right, let's take our final timeout. One more uh, segment of uh, Wildcat Insider 2021 up next. Wildcat Insider, Mitch Wyatt, Troy. We, uh, apparently, uh, old Wyatt Thompson here has some New Year's resolutions. Now, I'm in favor of those because I'm always in favor of somebody setting goals for themselves sure. to better themselves. That That's great, even though most of them don't usually stay true. But I'm I'm
1: really curious to know what you have planned, Wyatt, for... 2022 well i don't know that we have time to get them all in there <laughs> but but uh the one that's always continuing is you know eating better sure. living healthier that's such a struggle for me because i love to eat and oh, you know that me too don't we all me too yeah i uh, unfortunately don't have the right genes to where i can eat whatever and be real nice and thin <laughs> it's we're, just what it is
0: so far we're two for two why yeah
1: yeah but but i i mean there are a lot of others wh- whether it's work related personal related you know uh There are several projects, as an example, I want to do this spring around the house and the yard and those kind of things. I hope the weather cooperates some, but you have no control over that in this great state. So, or in any for that matter. So those would be a couple. Pretty boring. How about you? Well,
0: okay. Well, uh, obviously, I've kind of since John left, it's really thrown a funk into my routine, and I'm trying to get used to it. But working out, you know, I try to stay in shape. That has not been the case uh-huh. ever since he left, which I'm trying to get back in the routine, which I will. I know I will. I just need to there you go. get started. You know, that's the hardest part is getting started. When you start seeing those results, it's a lot easier mm-hmm. to, to keep that uh, momentum going. But I will give this advice. If you look in the mirror and you say to yourself, damn, I look good. You're in trouble. <laughs>
1: you are in trouble <laughs> because it's not because necessarily then true.
0: you're like all right i've reached a, i've reached a good point now yeah. i get lazy and start eating bad and not work out as much as you should as soon as you start complimenting yourself in the mirror you are in trouble but yes i i want to start getting back into shape which i don't want to pin that on january 1st but it's a start troy do you got anything for us i was just going to say if you're in a funk since john left let's try my schedule
1: <laughs> well, he's taking over
0: my schedule, and that's getting up early. That's right. Troy's New Year's resolution is not to hit the snooze three times every morning. Correct. <laughs> that's going to do it for Wildcat Insider. Big thank you to Wyatt Thompson for stopping by on another Monday. Our next Wildcat Insider coming from Houston, Texas. How about that? See you later.